You're listening to Sobriety with Ari Eastman. Hey, that's me. Well, hello everyone. It's me, Ari, and you are listening to Sobriety with me, Ari. Oh, I did that wrong. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Sobriety with Ari Eastman, me, your host. Uh, you know, if I had a if I had a guest, if I had a co-host, if I did this with someone other than my narcissistic self, I could be like, "Hey, how was your weekend? How, how what's it?" And we could share, and we could have you know share our little personal anecdotes back and forth. But it's just me, which means I just talk and talk and talk, and you listen and listen and listen. Uh, well, I hope you're doing well, you specifically you. And today. We're going to talk about one of my favorite topics, something I love to hold people hostage and talk about, even though they don't care at all. We're going to talk about dreams and I mean, sleep dreams, not like, you know, plans for your life. I don't care about those. Blame the Pisces in me. Blame the only child in me. But I am definitely the person that everybody hates who wakes up in the morning and walks in and goes, I had the weirdest dream last night. It's a universal law, an absolute truth, that nobody cares about the dream you just had except for you. And I know that, but it doesn't stop me. I have always had weird sleep issues. As a child, I had really, really bad insomnia. I would just sit there and watch my alarm clock and just calculate how many hours of sleep I would get if I fell asleep in that exact moment. A lot of anxiety about not being able to sleep, a lot of, you know, insomnia fueled by anxiety, a super fun, vicious cycle. I also had night terrors as a kid. Night terrors are these bizarre episodes where you seem like you're awake, your eyes are open, you're like screaming, flailing about, freaking out about something, but you're not aware of it. So basically, I would sit up in bed and start screaming, crying, yelling, talking nonsense, and my poor mom or dad would come in and they would try to soothe me. But you don't remember any of it when it's happening. And you kind of come to, you sort of wake up within it. It's very bizarre. So I would almost like come to in the living room and I'd be, and my mom would be like rocking me in her arms in this big green chair in the living room. Or one time I remember waking up from this night terror in the bathroom on the toilet peeing and my mom was like there holding my hand it's very weird it's a little bit like I imagine sleepwalking is your eyes are open and you kind of you know you seem sort of like you're functioning but you're a little bit off um you're talking and it's really it's actually very common in children and something that you usually just outgrow I haven't had it as an adult I think it's much rarer to happen but yeah I've just like always had these weird sleep things and then as I've gotten older my sleep issues have switched from insomnia uh, to difficulty staying asleep I wake up constantly maybe two three four times a night I wake up to pee like an old lady I never ever sleep through the night the only time I used to think that I was sleeping through the night was when I would drink. But, you know, alcohol actually disrupts your sleep even more. Don't let that, you know, oh, you want a nightcap? Don't let that uh, myth fool you. It fucks with your sleep. Uh, plus, let's 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 be honest, passing out is not the same thing as gently drifting off to sleep. Alcohol is a central nervous system depressant that causes brain activity to slow down. So, you know, if you think of a normal sleep cycle, it consists of different stages, three non-rapid eye movement stages and one rapid eye movement stage. The REM, the REM, the REM cycle, the REM, the REM cycle, the REM band cycle. That's me in the corner, losing my sleep quality. 
And so when you drink a lot of alcohol before bed, it can actually fuck with your REM sleep. So then you have an imbalance between slow wave sleep and REM sleep resulting in less of the latter and more of the former. And so because alcohol reduces, you know, that that REM sleep and causes all of these sleep disruptions, people who drink before bed actually tend to experience insomnia or they feel excessively sleepy during the next day. And then it's this kind of like fucked up cycle with we see it with so many things and alcohol, right? We, we start self-medicating, even though this self-medication is actually prolonging or worsening the problem. Oh, I'm anxious. Let me drink. Oh, actually, it's going to make my anxiety worse long term. Oh, I can't sleep. Let me drink. Oh, it's actually making my sleep Uh, my sleep patterns worse. I'm getting less quality sleep. Alcohol has also been linked to sleep apnea because it slows breathing. So, you know, all in all, it's not helpful for sleep. You know, it's something that I definitely struggled with insomnia again in the first few months of sobriety. And it felt... It felt a lot like I did when when I was a kid, just lying there in bed, looking at my phone, counting the hours, being like, when will the Sandman please come and close my eyes, Mr. Sandman? Bring me some peace, please. Uh, By the way, earlier today, I was thinking about the Sandman and I could not remember the folklore of him or, or, you know, like what, what the fuck he is. And I said out loud to my roommate out of nowhere as we were watching Love Island, I said, is the Sandman good or bad? And she just sort of stared at me blankly and said, what? So I repeated my question, is the Sandman good or bad? And the blank stare just continued. And she's like, what are you talking about? You guys know the Sandman, right? He's like, the reason you have eye crust or whatever. I couldn't, I just couldn't remember if he was good or bad. Like, is he a creep just throwing dirt at people's eyes as they're sleeping? Is he good luck? Is he the boogeyman? What's his deal? I don't, I don't remember. Please, please advise. Mr. Sandman must not like me because... You know what dreams he brings me quite frequently? Relapse dreams. Uh, so I have always had very, very, very vivid dreams. I usually remember most of them and they're very detailed. And like I said, that makes me the person who who's like, who wants to hear about this crazy dream I had? And the answer is nobody. But yeah, I've just, I've always remembered my dreams. And I think it's probably because I'm such a light sleeper and I wake up so frequently that it's easier to remember them. I don't know. Does that make sense? I'm no scientist. Um, but I have certain reoccurring dreams. I dream about being in school all the time a classic a classic I didn't study for the test and I'm about to graduate and oh my god you know I'm not prepared sometimes I'm almost like lucid in them and I'll go I have a bachelor's degree why am I in kindergarten again why why am I why am I in kindergarten class I am 29 years old I shouldn't be here my classmates are five. Something is wrong with this picture. I also, I also, I do not know why this is. I dream about the Kardashians all the time. I'm very, I don't have strong opinions on the Kardashians one way or the other. I'm not like anti-Kardashians. I'm not pro-Kardashians. I've watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians every now and then. I don't, I don't watch it frequently. I've seen, I've seen maybe like 10 episodes, but I would say at least twice a month, I have a dream where Kim is my friend and Chris is somewhere and she's like, yeah, Ari's a good family friend. And they'll just sort of be in the background of my dream. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that's just the oversaturation of the Kardashians in pop culture. If anyone has insight on why I'm just family friends with the Kardashians all the time, please slide into my DMs. I would love to know. Um, I would love to be family friends. I'm like, I'm down. Take me to Nobu. But another common dream I have that really, I honestly would categorize them more as nightmares is that I have relapse dreams. 
And these are actually very, very common for people in recovery. I use an app called I Am Sober that tracks my days alcohol-free. And one of the things I really love about it is there's a community chat part where people can share their milestones and their struggles and what's going on with them. And it was something that because I didn't do the traditional AA route and go to support groups, it was like a mini way to read about people who were going through what I was going through. You know, I was struck by how many people would write like, oh, I had a relapse dream. Oh, I dreamt I got drunk again and it really was upsetting to me. I've seen that this is something that happens to people a lot and it makes sense. It's very upsetting whenever they happen, but the good thing is that when I wake up, there is such a sense of relief. I always drink in the dream and it's bad. It's never a good thing. It's always a bad thing. I'm always filled with shame. I'm always... There's always a negative consequence. I fuck up at work. I lose my car. I ruin a friendship. The relief of waking up and the feeling, like the freedom and the power and the feeling of going, that was just a dream. I don't ever have to drink again. If I don't want to, I never have to drink again. That is such a powerful feeling. I think it's a good way that I had reframed um, sobriety because in the beginning, it was such a it's a breakup. I, you know, I had many attempts at getting sober and sometimes I would talk about them, sometimes I wouldn't because there was also a fear of, well, if, I, if I'm if i open about it, if I really tell people that I want to get sober, if I really tell people just how bad it is and how much I'm struggling and like the depth of this, then it means I actually have to do it and I actually have to commit to it and I actually have to say goodbye to wine and it's like a toxic relationship. You know, you know this is a bad relationship. You know that this is hurting you. It's painful. Like nothing good is coming from it. Yeah, I know. I know this is my toxic partner who is like literally killing me, but I love him. I love him. And it's hard and it's complicated and there's a there was a grieving process. I have to say goodbye to this toxic partner who... Yeah, is hurting me, but for whatever reason, I also have assigned a lot of feelings of this person gets me through the day. This person makes me feel better. And now I can look back and go, no, those things aren't true. That person, that person, that wine, that that substance, that toxic relationship didn't do any of those things. But when you're in it, it feels like they are. That's that's very real. And so when you say goodbye to that, it is it is a grieving process. It is the end of something. It's good. It's ultimately good, but endings can be difficult and complicated. And, you know, so there's there's something really amazing for me that now when I'm like, oh, I never have to drink again. I wake up from a from a relapse dream and I'm so happy and I'm like, oh, my God, that was just a nightmare. I never have to drink again. Instead of when I first was like, OK, I have I, it's time to stop drinking. I'm, I'm going to get sober. I'm going to get sober. Instead, my, my thought process was a lot of. Ugh, I have to stop drinking. Like I'm like I'm so sad that I have to stop this. I'm you know, I have to and I know that it's, you know, ruining things, but I can't believe I have to stop drinking. And now it's like, oh my God, I never have to drink again. That's amazing. That is an empowering feeling. That is that is as close to freedom as um I have felt in a long time. Waking up and being so relieved, proud, happy, and like, ugh. I never have to drink again. Hallelujah. It's a great feeling. And it's a feeling I wouldn't have thought I had when I was, you know, drinking nightly. If I had gone back and told that person, hey, you're going to feel good that you know, that, that it's your choice. You never have to drink again. I would be like, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, go away, weirdo. Time traveling freak. That's what I would say if I saw myself. If I just showed up in my room. Get away from me, you time-traveling clone freak. I wouldn't be very nice to myself. 
Or maybe I would. Maybe I'd be like, oh, more of me. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let's go take on the world together. Two me's. Double the Instagram stories. So something interesting I found when I was sort of looking more into relapse dreams and, and how common they are, um, there was a 2018 study by Massachusetts General Hospital Recovery Research Institute, and they looked at more than 2,000 cases of people recovering from substance use disorders, and about a third of these people reported having relapse dreams after they entered recovery. I think something really powerful I have found to be true time and time again is that when you share things that feel shameful, that feel dark and dirty and like experiences that only you are having, there is always, always someone out there, usually many, many someone's out there who have felt it too. Our experiences are, they're not unique. Like I hate to break it to you, but we're not, we're not that unique. And I feel like so many people I've reached out to or who have reached out to me whenever I've shared something about drinking or sobriety or depression or like, you know, literally name a trauma or a struggle. Anytime I've openly talked about it, I've connected with someone who's like, hey, me too. I relate. I feel the exact same way. And that's really liberating because it does it does free you in a way to 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 not feel like you are burdened with something that you are the only person who has this feeling. There are other people who have felt it. I mean, like I said, even with this like relapse dream thing, it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is really common. No, a lot of people have this. It's not some weird thing that my brain is doing. It's something that a lot of our weird brains do. I had a dream that I got fucked up like a few weeks ago and, you know, I woke up relieved. I got that initial relief that, oh, I'm not hungover. I didn't ruin anything. After that relief, I almost felt insulted by my brain. Like, excuse me? Dude, we're good. We're healthy. It's been over a year and a half. We are healed. And I think I occasionally I get cocky in recovery. And if I'm being honest, there is a part of me that's like, well, it's been relatively easy for me, which isn't even the case. Like That's not even true. But I do have moments where I, I think, okay, I can have alcohol in the house and I'm okay. I can be around friends drinking and I'm okay. I haven't felt triggered. I feel so stable. I feel confident in this decision. I feel happy. I see good things in my life. But it's also important to remember that healing takes time and recovery is a process. And yes, I am good and I am happy, but to get arrogant in that process is also not beneficial. Being sober, it's not my entire life. It's a small fraction of it, really. It's not the only thing I do. It's not the only thing I am, but it is a part of me. And exploring how and why I got to the place I was at when I needed to get sober is still part of the process because I have addictive tendencies. I have these anxieties. I have these impulses and these parts of my brain that might change how I approach something. So in a way, as much as relapse dreams really suck, they are good reminders. They are good reminders that my brain is still working to repair the damage that I did. And that's okay. And that takes time. And I am just, I'm thankful to my body and my brain for doing it. You know, like, good job, you guys. Good job. And anyway, please let me know about the consistent Kardashian dreams. That's the real point of this episode. I need answers. Somebody, please. Well, friends, it's time for... It's something that made me happy this week. It's my pink cloud of sin. My pink cloud has sort of just been a general feeling in the air. The weather has been really beautiful here in Los Angeles. Life is starting to open back up. I have been fully vaccinated for a while now. I will say selfishly, there's 
There's a very big part of me that did enjoy Safer at Home because I'm a homebody and I feel safer at home. Everything I could ever want is is there or could be delivered to me. But, you know, my whole family is vaccinated now. Just knowing that, that is a huge relief and there just seems to be more of a positive vibe in the air. I don't know. I was just like reflecting and thinking about sobriety and my mental health and like, you know, I, I wrote sort of my my goals and the things I wanted to like manifest for the year and I was looking over it and I was thinking, you know, actually... Some of these things that I, I wrote back in January of, of what I wanted out of the year, some of the things have already even happened. And I just feel good. I just It's like a general, it's just good times, good vibes. I just feel good right now. There's a lot of hope, a lot of hope out there. Many pink clouds just sort of floating around. So that's kind of, that's kind of the vibe. That's the vibe right now. With that, thank you so much for tuning in. I know I keep saying eventually these episodes will be longer and then they never are. I don't know. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Do you enjoy that they're like short, like 15 minutes? It's something you could be doing while you're brushing your teeth, getting ready in the morning. It's it's not like a full episode you have to commit to. You know, some podcasts are like two hours. You don't have to commit to that. No, this is just like I say hello as you wake up in the morning and then send you on your way. Or if you would like some longer episodes, let me know. I can I can work on that. I can make that happen. I can make at least one long episode. I can promise that. One. One long episode. We're always growing. We're always evolving. We're always getting better. We're changing. That's life, baby. That's sobriety with Ari Eastman. Be sure to rate, review, tell your friends, tell your sponsor. All right. We'll talk next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.